All this while going to church. All this while walking through society. All this while acting like everything was fine in the family unit. Basically living a lie. But yet internally screaming out, Somebody please help me. Somebody please help my family. Somebody do something. Isn't there anybody that can see this? Anybody that can sense this? Screaming out literally at the top of our lungs for all of our children and even my mom. Somebody please help. Welcome, my friends, to The Storyteller, where you'll find First Nations people from across Native North America who are following Jesus Christ without reservation. On today's program, we'll hear more from Kiowa and Taos Pueblo, Tim Sudel, as he shares about the trauma of growing up in an abusive home and the dark path where that eventually led him. We spent a lot of time hunting. We spent a lot of time out in the outdoors. A lot of times I, I reflect today and I ask myself, why did that happen? Why did we spend our time outdoors, especially my brother and my older brother and I? And I really feel that the reason why we spent the most of our time outdoors is because we felt safe. Is because we knew we weren't going to get hit. We weren't going to hear words that were going to be very hurtful. And so we would spend our days from, from morning to evening away out in God's, what God has created, looking at the flowers and the leaves, looking at the water that would flow there in Taos, the lakes and the ponds in Oklahoma. We would play in them. We'd get into that nice soft mud, uh, red colored mud and just get it all over us and just, have a good old time. It was one of them places in Oklahoma where if you got in that water, you were going to throw that shirt away because it was no longer going to be a good because it would be stained from that red earth. When we grew up out there, we, we spent a lot of time learning how to fish. Spent a lot of time learning how to hunt. I learned how to survive out in the woods. I learned how to build fires. I learned how, how to be that outdoor person because of my uncle. Tyrone uh, in Taos and Uncle Dennis and from my my uncles in Oklahoma, my Uncle Willie and my Uncle James. And so we learned how to grow up around weapons. Well, growing up and being at about 11 years old and having experienced abuses a good portion of my life, I began to think along the lines of ending my life. I began to think that things were not going to change. I began to think that this would be my life and this is how it's going to end. And so I didn't want it, that pain to be there. I always knew which weapon I was going to use. I always knew the one that would do the most damage. I always knew the one that would be final the moment that that trigger was pulled. Now that's a hard thing to think about. But that was my life. And I know there might be some of you out there today that think that you're on the edge, that there's no hope. Well, I am still here. And I pray that as you're listening to this, that you will still be here. One of my uncles, as we would go out, we would um, play a game. There was something that we called Russian roulette. 
I had a Western-style revolver, twenty-two caliber. And for some reason or another, being my uncle and as young as he was, he had the bright idea that we would spin that chamber and there would be only one round in that weapon. And we would hold that gun up as high as we could away from us and pull the trigger. I remember thinking to myself that I maybe I shouldn't hold that gun away from my head. And as I got older to about 12 and 13 years of age, I began to think along more along those lines. And then I began to realize that just I just felt horrible. It felt like life was just a big lie. And as I began to struggle with adolescence, and as I began to develop wanting my own personal identity, I had a revelation that I would not then kill myself, but that I would go ahead and end the, the, the danger in the home. I began to take on the responsibility of thinking, then if no one is going to save us, and there's and if there was no one there to save us, then I would be the one and take the life of the person that was bringing the great harm. And so as I began to develop, I began to become heavily involved in sports, and I always was involved in sports. I remember going into sports for one reason. It was because I knew that my dad liked sports. And I think I was always looking for his approval. I always wanted him to tell me that was a good game you'd played. I never had that those words of affirmation that said that, that I had done something good. You know, if you're a mom or a dad out there, your children need your approval. You need to tell them you love them and that they're doing a good job. I didn't get it. If I played football, I was the meanest football player I could. If I was running the ball, I tried to gain as many yards as as I could, all because I wanted my father to tell me that I did something good. Because for so many years, all I was told was I was no good and that I would never amount to anything. So I could never get approval no matter how good I really was. And so as I played the sports, it became a release for me at some point also. My body began to develop because of physiological changes. And as I stated earlier, my mindset changed to I need to end the pain for everyone else and for myself. I love my mom so much. And I love my brothers and sisters so much that I was willing to do something so horrible. As I began to develop, I began to realize and rationalize to myself, okay, I'm going to go up against somebody that's been trained in the military. I have to get fit. I begin to lift weights. I begin to run. I begin to condition myself for the battle that I knew that I would one day fight. I begin to stand up more and more to the individual, the monster in my house. I begin to get more and more thrown into walls. But I was preparing myself for what I was going to have to do mentally. I begin to think the time is getting close. I felt like emotionally, physically, 
I was ready to do what I was going to do. And so I planned things. But in that process of planning, I also thought, what is life worth? What's the value of this life that I have? And what's the value of the life of the person that I'm going to end? I was willing to sacrifice myself, I can tell you honestly. I played it over in my head like a record over and over and over. The plan is still so vivid in my mind that even today it even scares me. But it also reminds me of where I once was. And yet there was hope even in the midst of that. You see, I'd always hoped that things would change. But in my moment, in the fire of my life, it didn't seem like it would. So in between that time, I can tell you, between the time I started thinking about it, at the age of about seven, to about the age of about 13 or 14, I can tell you that there were probably at least a half a dozen times when I contemplated taking my own life just to end the pain. All this while going to church, all this while walking through society, all this while acting like everything was fine in the family unit, basically living a lie, but yet internally screaming out, somebody please help me, somebody please help my family, somebody do something. Isn't there anybody that can see this, anybody that can sense this? screaming out literally at the top of our lungs for all of our children and even my mom somebody please help I know somebody was praying I know my mom I know she told her mom I know she told her brothers I know she told others you see somebody was praying somebody did know and even above and beyond them there was an absolute one that knew everything that was going on. And that was God himself. Because nothing is outside his view. So definitely at the age of 14 to 15, the time came, the longest night of my life. My father was out of the house. Siblings were all climbing into bed. And all I was flashing through my mind was, this is it. It's going to happen. And so when I realized that everybody had gone to sleep, I went into the kitchen, quietly. I grabbed a knife. And I stood behind the door. And I listened to my mother breathe in and out as she slept. My intent was to take a life to end the pain I remember hearing the rest of the family sleeping peacefully it was just me sitting in the dark behind a door the door where my parents bedroom was I remember thinking I must strike first I must strike fast I remember thinking this is going to get dicey I'm ready and so I sat there and I listened to the dogs barking outside. I listened to the quietness of breathing. 
And I remember sitting there for several hours. And finally I began to realize, I'm tired. You see, I stayed in a position of readiness. And if you've ever been in a position of readiness, you get tired. So I walked back quietly. I put the knife underneath my mattress, thinking, tomorrow. Tomorrow's the day. It ends tomorrow. Thankfully, as you'll hear next time, that's not how his story ends. Violence and suicide are never the answer to life's problems. Though it may be hard to see, choices like these are made in very dark moments. What we need to do is bring these matters into the light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. My friend, Jesus knows what it is to be mocked, beaten, and suffer unjustly. He also knows what his death on the cross and resurrection from the dead would purchase. You, for all eternity. If you'll simply trust him, don't throw away a life that he values so greatly. Follow Jesus and he will bring you into his light and into his life. If you would like to know more, please visit our website, withoutreservation.com, and click on the tab, New Life. You can also write to us at The Storyteller, P.O. Box 1001, Bemidji, Minnesota, 56619. Our phone number is 877-766-4648. You can also find us on Facebook at Without Reservation. Want to take the storyteller with you? Be sure to download our app. Thanks for listening, and remember the greatest story took place at the cross. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. My friends, there's more to Tim's story, so be sure to join us again next time as we listen to The Storyteller.